Hello, everybody, and welcome to Active Quest episode 18. My name is Joseph Yaden, and today I am with Chris Penwell. Hello. Bonjour. Bonjour. Yeah, I wonder why. Oh, God, if I have to hear bonjour again. No, it's, I just, I'm just like, I'm off, I'm off franced out right now. Um, and, uh, and of course, Josh Nichols, how are you? What's up, man? France off, pants off. I've been waiting yeah. to say that to you for like a week. <laughs> oh my god, have you had that? You've had that. It just yeah. like waiting for me. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> just for everybody, I'm a little bit insane right now. Um, I'm all backed up on sleep. I am jet lagged. I just got back from Paris, uh, covering the Focus Home Interactive What's Next event, uh, where I got to play a bunch of shit and talk to a bunch of people, and it was amazing and awesome. But I'm a little bit crazy right now, so please bear with me. Uh, Chris was amazing, and he uh, took the liberty of getting all the news together. Um, so you know, thank you for doing that. And Josh, thank you for making me. Josh, thank you for making me laugh with your baguette jokes and everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll talk about France a little bit later on in the show. Um, but yeah, we've got a bunch of news today. Um, uh, most uh, notably, I think the Star Wars stuff that came out from the celebration this weekend. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. You know, we got to see a little bit more of that. Um, and then, of course, uh, Jason Schreier back again for another week with some more uh, Bioware stuff. This time, uh, a little bit talking a little bit more about uh, Dragon Age Four and sort of how that got scrapped and the the development of that. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, Sucker Punch, uh, maybe a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. Which, what do you guys think that should be called? By the way, I was always thinking Horizon One Dawn, Horizon Horizon. Uno I don't know. Dawn. Is it Uno Dawn? Horizon Uno Dawn? Yeah. Yeah, man. It, would it be Horizon Zero Dawn 2? Or would it be Horizon 1 Dawn? I don't know. Horizon so. Dawn again. 2 Horizon 2 Furious? Dude. Electric <laughs> Boogaloo. <laughs> oh, we don't have to talk to it. It'd be a lot to unpack. And there's really not much to talk about. It's just the, the story we talked about before with, uh, you know, uh, Jason Schreier uh, taking down kind of the development of Anthem and all that. Uh, you guys probably saw, but I just want to mention it to our audience as well. Um, Bioware had kind of like an all hands on deck meeting in response to that. Yes, I did see that. I actually tweeted about that a couple of days. Remember, was it yesterday? Uh, and some so, people, yeah. so, some people were just like, you know, uh, this is stupid, like dumb, whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, like how else do you want good, them yeah. to? Yeah, like what else? Like a, a meeting is a great way to start that, I think. So yeah. Um, and I like what he said too. Somebody was like, hopefully it leads to better games. And then Jason Schreier responded back to that person with like, hopefully they just get a better working environment. And like, you know, games too, uh, probably. But like, yeah. I mean, hopefully at, at the end of the day, people, hopefully their working environment's better. They both kind of come hand in hand, don't they? Really? They do. I yeah. Think so yeah, I think yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, we're going to end the show with what we've been playing. Um, <laughs> Josh took the liberty of adding to the show notes that I've been playing this game called Baguettes? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> so I don't really remember that, but okay. Um, so yeah, uh, are you guys doing okay? I haven't even really gotten to, to talk to you. Yeah, guys. it's been How a busy about? week. I think okay. for all three of us, uh, which my, is usually my mic like just uh, only one of our two of us are busy. We've all been kind of busy. Okay, so cool. My, my audacity just like shat out on me, but then it's it seems like it's fine now. Okay, anyway, <laughs> yeah. we, we can cut yeah, that still, part out if we need to. Um, okay, so I'm glad you guys are doing well. Uh, let's talk about some news, and let's start the show with a little bit of sure. Star Wars action. So for those who don't know, this weekend, uh, the weekend of the, what's the date here, the 13th? Let's see, or the, yeah, the, 
yeah. Uh, or is it the 13th? What what date? I don't even know. Yeah, it was the 13th. It was Star Wars Celebration yeah. uh, this weekend in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we already knew about this um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order title that was weirdly announced at E3 last year, just from Zim- uh, Vince Zampella and the so in, off the cuff, the just like, oh hey Vince, what's up, man? You know what that was? Is that was <laughs> that was basically just, hey, we realize that our show is not that great and we need something else but we don't have enough time to put together a trailer can we just do something to hold people over i think that's what that was i wouldn't even be surprised if ea wanted something and vince was like we don't have anything to show yet Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. he must have a lot of power because like i don't know like they've been getting their way respawn has lately like they're the only ones not getting kind of pushed around you know he's he's part of the he's the guy behind uh call of duty i think he has a lot of clout i could see him being like look if you guys are gonna get like this with us we'll just leave you know and ea's like okay no no just stay yeah exactly so uh so we got a, a story here from ign this is from uh uh, news editor over there, Jonathan Dornbush. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order release date, trailer, gameplay details revealed. Uh, Apex Legends uh, developer Respawn Entertainment unveiled its new Star Wars game. So this reads, quote, oh, and there's an update on uh, uh, April 14th. Quote, uh, IGN got to sit down with Respawn's Stig Asmussen, I hope I'm saying that right, and Lucasfilm story group Steve Blank to discuss Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order following its panel reveal. Um, Asmussen and Blank spoke to IGN about how, despite its on-the-run setup, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order won't have stealth elements. Um, you can also watch our full interview below, so they have a little interview there. Uh, for more, da, 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 da. okay, here we go. So, uh, original story is as follows. Quote, after a couple of teases, EA and Respawn Entertainment have finally revealed the first details about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, including its release date and on what platforms players can expect it. EA has given Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order a release date of November 15th, 2019, and it will be released on Xbox One, PS4, and PC via EA Origin. As Respawn, the studio behind Titanfall and Apex Legends, and EA announced in the hours leading up to the panel, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a single-player game with no multiplayer elements or microtransactions. So then they have a trailer here. Um, Jedi Fallen Order's uh, story... Uh, story falls on the timeline of Star Wars canon shortly after Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. EA has previously revealed the story will focus on a young Padawan, but Respawn confirmed today that the character is Cal Kestis? Kestis? Am I saying that right? Okay. Um, who will be played by uh, Shameless and Gotham's uh, Cameron Monaghan. Monaghan. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. Uh, here's everything we learned. Okay. So then there's some more info here. Uh, Okay, Cal has survived Order 66, the Emperor's decree to eliminate the Jedi. According to EA and Respawn, quote, players must pick up the pieces of Cal's shattered past to complete his training and master the art of the iconic lightsaber, all while staying one step ahead of the Empire and its deadly Inquisitors, end quote. Jedi... (laughs) <laughs> Jedi, I'm Jedi Fallen Order will feature new locations in the Star Wars universe, including Bracca, uh, where Cal's story begins. Respawn has confirmed that Jedi Fallen Order will also feature iconic Star Wars locations, uh, in addition to familiar gear, weapons, and enemies. Uh, and then there's a little bit more here. Um, he's hiding out there, but forced to go on the run after uh, his force powers are exposed. A story trailer viewable above. Uh, here we go. Sorry, my computer's being weird. Oh, showed off a bit of Cal's journey, his effort low profile, and what happens when his powers are discovered. Uh, the trailer also confirmed Cal will, at some point, have a blue lightsaber. Um, 
The rest of Jedi Fallen Order's official story description per EA's official release reads, quote, Along the way, Cal will make new friends, like his mysterious companion, Carrie, Care, Carrie, C-E-R-E, <laughs> as well as run into some familiar faces, all while being accompanied by his faithful droid BD-1. Cal's flight from the Empire is made even more dangerous, and he is being pursued by the second uh, the second sister. One, uh, oh my god, it's like the ads keep popping up, and then I keep losing my place. Uh, oh, one of the Empire's <laughs> elite Inquisitors, uh, who seeks to hunt Cal down and extinguish this surviving Jedi. Yeah. Uh, assisting the second sister are the uh, terrifying purge troopers, special imperial forces trained to seek out Jedi and aid the Inquisitors in their dastardly work, end quote. So, um, yeah, we'll just go ahead and, yeah, I think we'll just go ahead and leave it there. There's, yeah, there's a little bit of, like, pre-order stuff. Uh, ba 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 Oh yeah, Star Wars Jedi Fallen is available. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is available for pre-order, blah, 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 and then there's a bunch of pre-order guys. Okay, cool. So like, main point is yeah, it's single player, no microtransactions. Seems like it's like what we've been clamoring for for years. It seems like right, and yeah, and it takes place right at the tail end uh, slash beginning or slash tail end of Episode Three, tail end of like uh, beginning of like. That in between area, the area that we don't have a lot of info. Yeah, on, so you know? I just I just want to preface this yeah. by saying I'm not like the hugest Star Wars fan. Like I've seen all the movies and I think it's really cool. I just you know I'm not really too familiar with the lore. Um, <clears throat> so like, uh, is this a time period that a lot of people are into? That are that are excited about? Uh, well, I would say it's. I, I'm I'm like I'm drinking out of a Star Wars coffee mug, <laughs> just like to tell okay. you where we're at. I I love <laughs> I love Star Wars. Um, so this. This uh, this takes place in a time period where we don't really have a lot of um, oh, yeah. information on. At least if we do, it's like it's like extended universe stuff. Which at this point, the extended universe has been um, was it retconned. So long long story short, Disney basically, which I don't blame them at all, they basically came into this and was like, "Wow, that was really cool." George Lucas like allowed the extended universe to be considered kind of like uh, canon slash like extra blessed like yeah, fan yeah, fiction, yeah. you know. But Disney basically was like, "That's a lot to sift through." So pretty much like all the extended universe stuff now is pretty much just considered Disney like legends is what it's the official so name is for it, it is now. Is it so canon like? like- all the all the except the only thing that's canon now, like the only stuff that's canon now, are the movies themselves. Um, there's like a book that that was published like two years ago. I forgot the name of it. That's canon, and then um, Star Wars Rebels, and like um, that's pretty much it. Like everything else. Well, no, there's um there's other stuff as well. Like all the comics, um, everything released after Disney um, acquired. Um, the Star Wars brand is considered canon. Um, also, Star Wars, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, which was a big animated series. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Disney yeah, Star Wars Rebels. What about too. what about um, uh, the the Force Unleashed games? Are those canon? None of the games are canon no, anymore. No. Interesting. No. Like Kotor, yeah, none, none of those are. So, so like, if we're going off a canon standpoint, we don't really have any info yeah. on this now. There was some information on it, probably in the EU. I don't know as much about the EU stuff because I mean, there was a lot of stuff in that uh, extended universe. Is what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the EU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> EU, EU. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh. Yeah. So this is really exciting. Like, this is really interesting. And I just want to throw this out there too. Uh. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris uh, and Joseph, but I don't think we've had a. Single player Star Wars games since well, Force unless you count, games, well, you count the Lego games, you count the Lego games. I mean, yeah, I mean, those well, are good no, games. So I mean, you, 
you, you are wrong. Like um, the Star Wars Battlefront Two, which had a really good um, campaign. Oh, I forgot they had a campaign. Uh, well, okay, well, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, and that that was actually considered canon. It had connections to Luke, and um, yeah, I need was, to play that too because I I remember yeah, reading. It, I, I, it's actually really good. It's I remember so, reading that one of the people rated. involved with Spec Ops: The Line like worked on that, so I need to I need to play that, but. Yeah. And uh, just so everyone knows, Battlefront 2 is actually, like, it's good now. Like, I, I own it. It's, yeah. it's good now. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Chris. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. So, but, yeah, I mean, this is, it's, it's a pretty big deal. It's pretty exciting. We we were not thinking this was going to, I mean, you know, we hadn't really heard anything on this for a long time other than, I mean, you know, it's just, I don't know. I'm really excited. I'm kind of at a loss so, for words. This is obviously day one right. by for me. Uh, and I think one of the important things here is that EA has to, like, I don't know. EA has to come back and, like, make right by its fans. I mean, uh, especially with all the Battlefront stuff and then, like, closing Visceral Mm -hmm. and just all this stuff. I mean, it's kind of easy to take pop shots at at EA because, frankly, I mean, you know, they they haven't really made the best decisions. And and even talking to journalists, um, when I was at the Focus Home event, we were all talking about E3 and stuff. And the the consensus was that the EA Play event was just a shit show and like a big waste of time and people pe- people were just like people were mad because like uh they were like screwing up people's appointments and all that like just all these little things that sort of add up so like mm-hmm. i think coming out with a star wars game that is single player focused that is like you know uh, not riddled with microtransactions and just like obvious that it wants your money sort of thing i think is a great move mm-hmm. i'm still a little bit like uh like cautious about it because you know we've been burned in the past so much um, but yeah. respawn is awesome, and if they have anything to do with it, I, I... and respawn's track record with working with EA, EA yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like, so if respawn has their name on it, I'm I'm willing to give them the the benefit of the doubt, even if EA isn't yeah. like my favorite mm-hmm. company. Also, this new game is going to have a lot of more advanced uh, mechanics in terms of how to use the lightsaber and the combat sounds Mm -hmm. pretty fascinating from the stuff I've read. So I'm excited to see what Respawn can do uh, with the the predigree they have, you know, like they've worked on the Titanfall series, which was really action focused, um, ran incredibly well. And also something Mm -hmm. we also forgot to mention, it's not being run on Frostbite, it's being run on Unreal Engine 4. Which is insane because like, I'm going to say, like, 40% of the reason that Bioware had so much difficulty with Anthem was because they were being forced to use Frostbite. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm happy for uh, Respawn, but, like, can we take that that rule off the other developers under EA's uh-huh. umbrella, too, please? Like, let them use whatever well, they want. Yeah, and, like, um, uh, Frostbite's typically used for shooters, you know? And so, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the technical stuff, there's all this stuff that is, like, easy to, to criticize and, like, be like, well, obviously it doesn't make any sense, but after talking to developers so much it's like a lot of that stuff is really nuanced and it's not as easy as oh yeah let's just use a new engine of course how how simple yeah so like i don't want to 100 percent just come over here and start shitting on everybody like ea is stupid well i think part of the reason that ea doesn't want to use unreal is because they have to get yeah yeah and and you're not royalties yeah i think it's like five percent or whatever okay yeah i mean that whatever whatever the case may be i i understand that and that's that's a yeah. business decision and yeah i I, th- I think um it's something that will hopefully get better with time because man it, clearly the way things are going is not sustainable right so i think it'll work out so yeah. so yeah this star wars game looks really cool uh i will probably be picking it up uh unless it just i don't know how it could like go wrong um between now and release 
I honestly yeah. don't think so. No. Yeah, and but, I, I saw some rumors, and I, I Chris, you probably saw this too, because I heard you mentioning that you read a little bit about the combat. Um, I uh, I saw some rumors that the it's 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 rumored that the combat's going to be kind of like Sekiro and Dark Souls, but like not not as um oh. not as difficult, but kind of like in that realm of like uh yeah the depth, you know. You know, it'd be fantastic. Like Star Wars was first inspired by samurai movies. What if this worked like a samurai kind of game? Yeah, that'd be Dude. awesome. Like Sekiro, yeah, and stuff like that. That'd be that'd yeah. be sick. I I want to I want to touch on what you said a second ago too, Joseph. You mentioned a few minutes ago that you know you're 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 a Star Wars fan, but not necessarily like a massive Star Wars fan. But like then you said you're interested in this game. I'm hearing that everywhere. I'm hearing it from a lot of people. Like, oh, I watch the movies, or I I sometimes watch it. But like everybody I'm hearing from that plays games is like interested in this game. Maybe at a different level, but everyone's interested well, in this game. And I think it's just really true to the staying power of the Star Wars brand and games. Like people know Star Wars single player games are traditionally yeah. Like really I love good. the Force Unleashed games. I thought those were so freaking those games cool. Are great. I mean, I don't know if they hold up as well now, but like man, running around with the I replayed the first one a couple yeah, years ago. Like running great. around with a lightsaber and just like chopping people up. I mean, that's <laughs> there's not really like I'm not asking too much, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. So anyway, yeah. that'll be out uh, November fifteenth. Uh, hopefully, no pushbacks or anything like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I see we have the second story here from Eurogamer that I won't have uh, microtransactions or multiplayer. I think we pretty much covered all of that in the first article here. Yeah. So we'll move on here. Um, so let's move on to uh, Jason Schreier's piece about um, Dragon Age 4 and how that sort of had to be scrapped. And uh, it's, a, it's another lengthy piece. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, well, actually, let's just talk about it. So um, interestingly, a lot of the team that was working on the original version of Dragon Age 4 um, ended up having to like basically come off the project and help with, uh, with Anthem. And, uh, you, you know, once that all went down, it was sort of just this weird, like, just, I don't know, like, no no focus, really. And, like, people had to get, they were, like, getting shifted around and all this stuff. And it was just really um, jarring, I guess, from a development point of view uh, to try to focus on this game. And then, you know, they ended up having to sort of scrap it and it, it, it was restarted, basically. Um, and I saw some report, like, there's a section here that basically is, like, you know, that the Dragon Age Four that we that we now are going to probably get is going to have some sort of like online component, um, and a lot of people are of course up in arms about that and like you know don't you know the sort of like chocolate in my peanut butter peanut don't put you know that whole thing like don't I don't want I don't want a uh, uh, multiplayer in my in my Dragon Age game but uh, you know they didn't explicitly say like how that's going to work so I don't know that that's something to be too upset about yet. Um, it is just sort of interesting that Dragon Age is tradi- traditionally a single-player game, and they're sort of, again, trying to force this sort of multiplayer component into it. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess I wanted to get your guys' take on this and, you know, mm, what your thoughts are on the, the fact that Dragon Age had to get scrapped, basically, and then, you know, the team went over and had to help uh, with Mass Effect Andromeda and also had to help with uh, Anthem and all that. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think it's a good sign. I, I don't want to get too optimistic here, but EA <laughs> you don't want to get last... too optimistic. <laughs> yeah, well, because it is EA, and and I don't I don't mean to jump on like the bandwagon here. I mean, I they do good things too, guys. You know, like you know, kind of thing. I don't want to just hate on them just because, but at the same time, I don't want to give them too much credit. But I mean, really, them re- them just 
hey guys, Dragon Age 4's development starting over. I mean, that's kind of a good sign from a company that large. I could really see them just shoving it out the door and, like, we can yeah. fix it later. Or, or, or we can just make five and we can get that goodwill back I, later, you know? So I'm surprised that they're actually guess, giving them that. like, that's a good point. And I guess I was just thinking of it more in terms of, like, man, how messed up is the, is the company in the development that they had to, like you know, scrap this game that was pretty... I, I mean, I don't know how far it was in development, but, like, I don't know. It seems like you have to have your... your Things have to be pretty messed up for you to have to scrap it like that, you know? Yeah. What I'm thinking probably happened is that it was all hands on deck. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Course. And then and then I think what happened is, I think when they were trying to discuss, like, going back to uh, Dragon Age 4, it was probably like, well, what do we have so far... How far? You know what? Like, fuck it. Let's just. You know, I'm sure it was one of those kinds of things. Like, let's just. Let's just. And I wouldn't be surprised um, if if the fallout slash reaction to Anthem's development and initial reception was part of that. Because when they had their like internal uh, people that kind of like check to kind of do like mock reviews to see what kind of Metacritic score mm-hmm. they're gonna get, Anthem uh, was projecting higher than it actually ended up getting. So I wouldn't be surprised if EA actually kind of had kind of a, a, a really, really hard rude awakening. Like, okay, we need to change, even if it's not for um, good reasons and, like, humanity and, like, helping people <laughs> making people, like, have a good for working environment. Like, for money. <laughs> yeah, like, we need to make changes for money. Like, it, it may have been that because, like, 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 uh, like uh, uh, we kind of learned in the, J- the Jason Schreier's uh, uh, Anthem kind of uh, breakdown, uh, that Bioware magic is is not yeah. working anymore. You know, in quotes, like I mean, Bioware is, but like the Bioware magic is what they always kind of attributed to. Like the game will just come together. Well, clearly that's not always, right. You know, the, the case. It worked for Inquisition, but it did not work right. for Anthem. And so, sort know? of like we were saying uh, last last time, um, the development of Dragon Age Inquisition was really ro- like really rough and really rocky. And the fact that it yeah. did well, like you know, critically and commercially, uh, is not a testament. Uh, to how it, 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 that doesn't mean that the development was positive, right? So, like, so right. you know, I, l- like I said last week, they were sort of hoping that it would fail to sort of shed light on that the the poor development practices are in place, and so maybe that's just a sign that they don't want to repeat themselves again with this new Dragon Age game. I'm I'm not really sure. Another interesting right. thing here, we don't have it uh, listed here, but um, th- the whole announcement of Dragon Age Four or whatever it's being called, we're just calling it that but I don't know that that's the actual name. Um, the whole announcement of it at the Game Awards was not even, like, supposed to be a thing. Um, apparently, uh, Bioware sort of went rogue, and went rogue is in quotes, um, and they, like, I forget, they, like, tweeted out something, or there was, like, a, a blog post that was like, hey, we'll have more to show in the coming month or something like that for uh, for Dragon Age, and, like, they didn't really, like, go over with that with EA, and so then EA was, like, forced to be like, oh, shit, like... Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if Bioware was, like, fighting for this game to happen. And EA was like, we'll talk about it later. Kind of like when you get in trouble with your mom in <laughs> yeah. public as a kid. And then, like, you yell out, like, no, guys, we're making Dragon Age 4. And then EA's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, damn it. Right. You know? <laughs> because the reception kind of proved people exactly. want that game. So, um, so, Chris, hit me with your thoughts on um, Dragon Age 4 and the development. Um... I think it's a shame that he's going multiplayer focused. I, I don't think that's the right direction for the yeah. series. Um, and there's so many live uh, live services out there right now 
that are competing against each other, like even within EA itself, you know, you've got Apex Legends, Battlefield, the Battlefield series, Battlefront. there's only so much time that people can put, yeah, Anthem of course, um, there's only so much time you can put into these games and I, I think it's a, uh, a, a dumb decision to do this um, with the Dragon Age series, which is predominantly a single-player so, series. So, yeah, it, it, the only thing, though, is that we don't actually know what multiplayer really means. I mean, it, it, does that does that literally right. mean, like, you're playing with other people? Does it, it Is it something like Dark Souls, where you, you can leave signs around and, and, like, help each other out? I mean, oh, that, that cool would be kind of interesting, Age. yeah. Is it, like... I don't. I don't know that multiplayer is just hard, just one definition, and that everybody should automatically be pissed off about it. But um, I can mm. see your concern, and knowing EA, it probably is like worst case scenario where yeah, you're playing with all these other people. Now, I mean, that could be cool, right? Uh, and I think I think as long as you're able to still play by yourself, I think then it really shouldn't be too big of a problem. I, Kind of like Division and Destiny. Yeah, I don't know. You know I mean, yeah. I know Anthem, it, like, really, like, wants you to play with other people, you know? So, so yeah. I, I, I guess I, I'm trying to be optimistic about it, and I think there's a way in, in which it could be implemented that would not be terrible, the multiplayer part, you know? But, yeah, other than that, we don't really know a whole lot about it, and it will probably be, God, at least, what, three more years before? Four or oh, five I, years. I mean, yeah, yeah, probably even longer Honestly, yeah, before yeah. we before we actually see that, or you know, before we actually play it, so I, I think that's a game that a lot of people should just forget about right now, and then in a few years it'll pop up at an E three or something, and everybody will lose their shit or something like that. I don't know. So, and also like, who knows if this multiplayer thing will stick anyway? Like, look at just look at with these reports, like how often things have gotten scrapped and restarted, and and mm-hmm. yeah, I. I Honestly, though, like, Jedi Fallen Order could be a big wake-up call for EA if it's successful. Like, we've seen other titles like Kingdom Hearts 3, God of War, Resident Evil um, being successful with a single-player release. Maybe they'll switch back to that formula again. Yeah, that's true. Now, my only concern with that, though, is that, like, yeah, that'd be awesome, but, like, I don't know how much of their resources have already gone into implementing this multiplayer, whatever it is. And so so if they do end up, like, scrapping it, like, God, I hope that doesn't impact... Could always be a side mode. Yeah, that that would be yeah. I just it's tough to say because we don't really know what any of this is. So at this at this point, exactly. we're all just like fearing the worst, you know. And uh, it, mm. I, I I honestly I, I just hope Jedi Fallen Order is successful so EA can make more single player games because they have a great history of that within the company, the Dead Space series. Mirror's Edge, all sorts of, all yeah. sorts of like games. I'm gonna say it too. Like I know people might laugh, but dude, Plants vs Zombies, oh, the yeah. first one is awesome. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I love the first yeah. Plants vs so, Zombies. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to wait a few years to see what ends up happening with this. Um, so yeah, let's move on here. Uh, looks like we have a story from Brianna Reeves here at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, this is a uh, sucker punch job listing suggests Ghost of Tsushima remains in early stages of production. So. Um, before we get into the article here, I know a lot of people were like sort of maybe speculating that this would be a 2019 game, and perhaps now that we have a little bit more information, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. So let's get into it here. Quote, um, the announcement of Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima hit during Paris Games Week 2017. Since then, news has trickled out about its uh, its 
Oh, news has trickled out about it piecemeal. Inarguably, the most vague aspect concerning the title concerned its potential release date. If a recent job listing for the studio is anything to go by, it appears Ghost of Tsushima's launch may be further off than fans are hoping. A couple of days ago, a new job listing for Sucker Punch Productions went live on Gamasutra. The job in question is for a narrative writer, specifically one who can, quote, help create engaging narrative content, end quote, for Ghost of Tsushima. According to the listing, Sucker Punch intends to hire for a quote, full-time, con- full-time contract position. In this role, the narrative writer will be expected to aid in the development of story and write dialogue. The short list below provides an outline of responsibilities for the narr- narrative writer. Um, write high-quality dialogue under tight deadlines, work closely with content designers who uh, write missions for an open-world game, uh, contribute to other creative areas of the narrative, including secondary game content, dialogue, br- uh, dialogue barks, and uh, writing content for marketing materials. Um, This seems a big position to fill for a game that's supposedly been in production for a while. However, uh, that this may serve as a sign of Ghost of Tsushima still being early in development is is mere conjecture. Uh, Without a statement from Sucker Punch, there's no way of knowing how the narrative writer will function within the already established team of creatives. Perhaps this uh, role will consist of someone who who primarily focuses their efforts on side missions. Uh, It's also possible for uh, it's also possible a new narrative writer is being hired to replace someone who recently departed the studio. Again, all of the above is only conjecture, which uh, should be taken lightly until either Sucker Punch or Sony officially weigh in. Um, so yeah, just a little interesting piece here. Um, I know we did our like PlayStation episode uh, a few, maybe. God, it feels like a few months ago. <laughs> um, did, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was I, I don't know. I think we were maybe thinking that Ghost of Tsushima was going to come out this year. Did you guys? Were you guys in that same boat thinking that this would be out this year? I thought. It would be um, out this I remember year. thinking it might have been, but I don't yeah. remember. Like, I don't remember hearing it was I going to. I guess I just remember guessing. Yeah, I think was, it I was know. just people sort of like filling in the blanks, like, okay, Death Stranding's, who the fuck even knows what that game is, so we'll not worry about that one. Last of Us is maybe either this year or next year, and then, yeah, we've just, and then Dreams we didn't know about at the time, Dreams, who knows, coming out this year. So, yeah, I think that actually makes sense that that's pretty much all we're getting this year. Maybe, maybe Last of Us might come out this year, but. Yeah, I don't think it's too totally unreasonable to expect that to be like a 2020 game or something. Um, Chris, what were you saying? You think maybe this is probably not going to be a this year game, right? Um, yeah, I, it might not be a this year game, but um, like Brianna says in her article, um, I it could be uh, writing for yeah. side quests. But so, something something that came up. Um, in that listing that struck out for me was like what stood out for me was um, writing for PR and like marketing materials right why would you start preparing for that if it's early in production like maybe it's later than we think yeah interesting so there's there's a flip on yeah that's that's a good point and also I that doesn't seem like something that one person would do like narrative writing within the game and also PR writing like that would that would seem to me yeah. like that would be two different people. It sounds like a complimentary job. Yeah, it sounds like a complimentary right. job, just to finish off the game yeah. to me. But and I also on. I also appreciate her point of that. Okay, yeah, maybe it is like a main job, but it's like replacing somebody who's already done most of the work or a lot of the work or something like yeah. that. So yeah, like she said, I wouldn't get too hung up on this story here, but it is I guess worth mentioning that. Um, 
It's an yeah, it's possible that this could be either fur- more like further along than we think, or still early in development, and it's going to be a while before it comes out. Um, okay, so let's move on here. What else do we have? Uh, oh yeah, this is a good one. So Horizon Zero Dawn sequel teased by actress. Um, so this is from uh, this is from uh, Imran Khan at Game Informer. Actress teases existence of Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. It reads, quote, When Horizon Zero Dawn released a few years ago in 2017, the new IP from the makers of Killzone shocked and delighted players to the tune of 10 million copies. It would be absolutely no surprise to find out that the game is getting a sequel, and thus is absolutely no surprise to hear it be teased through one of the actresses involved in the first game. According to a post on Reddit, a fan at the Star Wars Celebration talked to actress Janina Gavinkar, who uh, who most yeah. players might remember the protagonist of Star Wars Battlefront 2's single-player campaign. Uh, Gavinkar yeah. also played the character Tatai in Horizon's Frozen Wilds DLC, which prompted the fan to thank her for getting them into the game by talking about it. Quote, just wait until you see the sequel, end quote. Uh, Gavin Carr replied in a now removed Twitch clip. I love when that happens. People always like say stuff and then everything gets removed. Um, I think she is um, known for leaking stuff mm-hmm. early. Yeah, that, that <laughs> may be. Yeah. Uh, uh, quote: You're gonna, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna die. I know some secrets. You're gonna die. End quote. The clip did. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a little wild. And then there's a link there to the clip if you want to read it. Um, uh, and then the article continues, which I mean, of course, they're, t- they're making Horizon 2. I would be shocked if that game weren't greenlit before Horizon finished development, but it was definitely greenlit by the time the DLC was out. For me, the real question is where the sequel will land. With rumors of next-generation systems landing in 2020 and Horizon almost certainly not being announced and releasing this year, could it be a PlayStation 5 title? Perhaps like The Last of Us on PlayStation 3, a game with intentions to bring forward a generation? Um, What would you like to see? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Obviously, like like the article says, obviously that's happening. I don't really think that's too much of a surprise. I think the main uh, point here is to just talk with you guys about what you would like to see from a sequel. Um, I don't know. Did you both finish uh, Horizon? I'okay, what about you, Josh? I don't want to Oh, you're going to get beat up if you do? He didn't play you he haven't played it. played it. <laughs> it is on the shelf. I have the complete edition. Okay, I all right. So maybe... So maybe but it looks yeah, okay. fantastic. Well, I don't want to get you beat up or anything like that. So, so Chris, uh, what what would you like to see from a sequel from Horizon? Well, I, I just found the story from the first game um, so fascinating. I'd like to see more about how this happens, like what happens to this world, and to figure out how, how ways to, you know, f- fix it. Right. Um, That'd be quite interesting to see in a sequel. They they also teased the villain at the end mm-hmm. of the game, which was uh, pretty pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, great graphics, uh, just like the last game, just improved. I don't know how they can improve yeah, it. Yeah, that's will. that's um, a good point. I mean, yeah. that game was already like gorgeous as it is, right? So I don't know how much more they can do. Um, and then yeah, let, let's take mm-hmm. it easy on the spoilers here, especially for Josh since he hasn't p- played it. Um, yeah, I do like the setting a lot. I think it's super cool. I want to say something positive about that. I do know. I do love how the setting is like it's in the future, but it doesn't feel futuristic because it's like you know it, yeah. it feels it it feels prehistoric, but it's not. It's in the future. That's a really cool 
Uh, yeah, so concept. I, I think like that that's actually like part of my concern though is that that is such a cool concept, and when it when it first came out, it was like we've never really seen anything like that before, and I don't know that right. just simply doing that again for a sequel will still resonate with people as well. Like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be like a good game, whatever. But like, if they literally just like do the same thing of just you know, okay, futuristic mm-hmm. prehistoric mashup, whatever. I just don't. It's sort of like Bioshock, and I know, and I know, Josh, you're somebody who might argue with me on this one, but like the first Bioshock, I thought was really like novel. Like we haven't, we hadn't really seen anything like that, and so I think that's part of why people weren't yeah. really wild about the second Bioshock. It's like, okay, we're already in Rapture. The the magic is sort of so, so, yeah, sort of the yeah. wow factor. And so like when diminished. they. Went, the initial, right, the initial and so when they yeah. went with Bioshock Infinite, when they went up into the sky, people were like, "Okay, there's a little bit of that magic back because it's unexpected." Uh, Chris, go ahead. It seemed like you had something to say. Yeah, I, I think that we'll see a new location yeah. for this game. I, I think we'll be moving onward to uh, somewhere else in the U.S. or uh, maybe in uh, you know uh, Mexico or with a Latin that, American kind it, of feel. Did the part? Forgive my ignorance here. Did the first game take place in the U.S.? I think so. How did... Yeah, it did because it, it because what happened was it, it showed um, in flashbacks like a few U.S. settings, huh. and you could see like the the architecture of what it used oh. to look like. I think there was like a U.S. Army kind of uh, thing as well, like a flashback. Oh, interesting. Too. So. Um, yeah, I think it goes into where it is, but I can't remember exactly where uh, where it was because it's been a long time since mm-hmm. I played it. Yeah, I think um, not only with the setting though, but like just in terms of um, I don't know. Uh, I guess like mechanics, maybe I don't know. There needs to be something that's like different enough there because even it. Oh yeah, like new tools. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Like you could have new things at your disposal. Maybe a new weapon that is. Big, like maybe not just some bow and arrows, maybe something uh, like a cool spear or something. Yeah, it could be. Or like, I don't know, I would almost wish to see them either go go back in time more or forward in time more, um, just to give us enough like distance from that from that first game. Because I, I, I really, do, I really mm. do feel like just doing the first game again, I don't know, I don't think that's worth it to me. Like like to make from a development well maybe it is i don't know it's just i wouldn't like to see it be like pretty much what the first game was i want to see a lot of uh like a lot of differences that sort of make it stand apart from the first game so that's my hope um so yeah and then and then what do you guys think do you think this is a ps5 game i mean i really doubt this is uh, oh yeah yeah, I don't think Horizon. yeah i really doubt it's a ps4 or or maybe like uh one of those situations where like you know, like we saw at the beginning of this gen, like with uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, where like it was on 360 PS3X. You know what I mean? It might mm-hmm. maybe one of those. But yeah, it'll definitely not come out until the PS5 right. launches, I think. You know, even if it goes yeah, on both. Exactly. Systems, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so let's move on. Um, so we've got a story here. Oh, this is from me. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, on PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, Activision pulls 14 licensed games from the PSN, including Deadpool and Ghostbusters. Um... So, let's see. It reads, quote, It's easy to make Activision look like the bad guy. After all, the company has recently been in hot water with the community after laying off nearly 800 employees earlier this year. Now, some some more fans are upset after Activision pulled 14 of its games from the PlayStation Store, presumably after a licensing deal has ended. Now, this uh, this 
isn't a situation that's exclusively to Activision, or that's exclusive to Activision. Licensing deals expire all the time, especially with music games like Rock Band, Guitar Hero. Those placement contracts <laughs> right now. Both the. <laughs> <laughs> Um, both of which have songs that are no uh, no longer available for purchase on the PSN. More recently, this has happened with Lego The Lord of the Rings and Lego The Hobbit. With Activision, some of the games it's pulled uh, aren't that old, like Deadpool, Ghostbusters, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. The full list is as follows, and I'll go ahead and read that. Angry Birds, Star Wars, uh, Chivalry, Medieval Warfare, Deadpool, Ghostbusters, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutants in Manhattan, Amazing Spider-Man 2, that's the one that's based on the, the film. Um, the Legend of Korra, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, Transformers Devastation. I think I like that game. I'm gonna here, let me look that one up. Devastation. Which one? Is that the one that's like Yeah, that was Oh the that one one's from, awesome. Um, oh, that's a, that's a platinum. That's a platinum, platinum games. Game. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, Game Informer being like, yo, I don't even like Transformers games. Yeah. This game is sick. Um, like, Transformers Fall of Cybertron, uh, Transformers Rise of the Dark Spar, and White Knight. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much the main point. Um, yeah, so the reason I think this is a, is a notable um, story here is, is simply because, like, this is all digital stuff, right? So, like, if you're somebody who buys physical media and you still have copies of all these games, you can go right on ahead and play them. There's no problem. You won't even notice a, an issue. But as somebody... I don't think all of them are physical, though. Uh, well, if, if, if you already... I don't know. You could be if you already Legend own of Korra the game. Wasn't oh, I think, I think Legend of Korra. Well, actually, Legend of Korra was physical, but I don't know that it was physical on PlayStation Four. Let's. Yeah, it was physical on 3DS or something like that, but it wasn't. On okay. Well, you, you, I just want to point out really quick uh, for our listeners: if you have bought these games digitally, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. still redownload yeah, you them. Still you them. You still have them. You still have them. That's a good point, Chris. But I mean, I, I, I think what I'm saying still stands. Like, if you're somebody who like still owns whichever of these games are available you know you can still yeah you, you can still play them yeah. but but see the problem is this like this licensing thing and if if we all if we move to an all digital future which we are um i don't know i mean that seems kind of like a like a weird thing like you just never get to purchase these games again and and I, I yeah. in the article I brought up Guitar Hero and Rock Band. That's a really big problem with those games, um, which I guess is why why Clone mm-hmm. Hero is so amazing because they just that's like a workaround. Um, but Clone Hero aside, yeah, like you know what's interesting too is um, God, this is like getting really in the weeds of it. But there are these like set lists in the in some of the older games that are like completely comprised of um, of DLC songs that you know you you had to have purchased or whatever but yeah it, it if if those licensing deals have expired you can't even access those uh you can't you can't access yeah. those um set lists anymore um and that's i guess only like a really big deal if they're DLC songs cuz everything that's on disc you can still play you know but yeah anything that's downloadable like and when i used to be really big in the rock band guitar hero community um towards the end of the sort of life cycle of those games there would always be stories each week of like okay hey this is your last chance to download you know whatever the fuck song and that's yeah. a, it's a bummer cuz it puts pressure like you got to buy this stuff immediately before it's gone right. you know and, and i don't and another problem too is i don't know that we were notified about um, this Activision thing, like I, I, I kind of wish it would. Yeah, no. I kind of wish it would be like, hey, by the way, we're pulling all these games due to licensing issues. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder like that. Try the War for Cybertron yeah. game. Uh, on- well, and uh, Transformers, Transformers Devastation. That's a really good one. That that one was available as a PS Plus game a yeah. couple years ago. 
Yes, it that was. happened yeah. with this. This same thing happened with uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance remasters and Xbox One and PC. And, oh, uh, that's PS4. right. Uh, just just one yep. day they were gone, and I was so upset because like if they would have said something, I would have bought the. I right. would have bought those. Yep. Because like I was gonna buy them event, like in the near future to play with my wife because she hadn't played them. Mm-hmm. Those games are awesome. I want to play them with her. Right. They're just gone now. <laughs> and now the used copies are cost exactly. more money because they don't sell it exactly. digitally or new anymore, and it's so fr- it's it's completely uh, yeah. And consumer. and even a game like a like Deadpool, I thought was pretty good. I played that back when it came out. Um, yeah, yeah a lot of these games game. aren't great, like the Legend of Korra and the Ghostbusters game. But like, aside from whether or not they're great, you should still be able to purchase it. You know, so I get it. It's a business, and licensing issues are weird, and people people generally don't think about that. But it's it really does sort of. Um, um, I don't know. It it makes you think about it uh, from a from a business point of view of like why invest in this license game if it's gonna go away after a while, you know? If we have a purely um, streaming future for gaming, this could be a huge problem. Like um, another game uh, that that has been uh, being cancelled soon is uh, Drive Club. Right. And uh, if you didn't, if it's only streaming only, then we wouldn't be able to play it after that date in t- in twenty twenty. Yeah, years. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's troubling. Right, there sure. are numerous problems here with all of this. Uh, it's just it's a very like businessy move, and from a consumer's point of view, it doesn't inherently make sense. So yeah. Um, okay, so let's cover the final story of the day, and then we'll take a break and then talk about what we've been playing. Um, so this is from Vicky Blake over at Eurogamer. Uh, report, uh, Sony stopped Bungie's plans to add cross-platform character transfer to Destiny 2, so from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2. Um, quote, we want people to associate Destiny with PS4, even if that means screwing over other players, end quote. <laughs> Actually, that was a... Before I get into the article, that was a funny bit they were doing on uh, Split Screen, uh, the Kotaku podcast, about how basically, like, yeah, how basically, like, um, Destiny on PS4 is just, like, screwing over other players by, you know, having all this exclusivity stuff. I think there was a weapon that was accidentally being sold through Xur on other platforms that shouldn't... Huh. Yeah, yeah, and then they cut it. They're like, no, you can't have that. No, you accidentally gave that yeah, to Well, that would be a that. breach of their contract with so Sony, stupid. so I think they had to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they should have given yeah. them... Uh, so anyway, let's anyway. get into the article here. <laughs> Quote, uh, Bungie's plans to enable the cross-platform transfer of Destiny characters were stopped by Sony, according to Kotaku's Jason Schreier. There he is again, man. Jason Schreier just killing it. Um, Schreier made the claim in a recent episode of the Sli- uh, Split Screen podcast. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Skip to around 57 minutes. Um, in a discussion about how Destiny 2 will fare following Bungie's separation from long-term publishing partner Activision, Activision uh, Schreier... Uh, Sorry, lost my place. Oh, uh, <laughs> Schreier uh, intimated that while Bungie had been keen to make character transfer a reality, its exclusivity partnership with Sony prevented the developer from uh, pressing ahead. Quote, I heard that Bungie wanted to do character transfers for PS4, PC before Forsaken came out, but Sony wouldn't allow it, uh, Schreier said. Quote, uh, Sony is just like, we want people to associate Destiny with PS4, even if that means screwing, o- other, uh, screwing over other players. Um, it sucks, and hopefully Bungie ends it, end quote. Uh, it's not the first time Sony has been singled out for fighting cross-play uh, party pl- 
cross-play party play, of course. A couple of years ago, it was Rocket League and then Minecraft highlighting the issue and Sony wouldn't budge, although Sony boss Sean Layden told Eurogamer last year that the company was, quote, looking at a lot of possibilities, whatever the fuck that means. That's me saying that, by the way. <laughs> um, just a month la later, a cross-play beta finally came to Fortnite players on PS4. Uh, it's natural to spec uh, speculate that Bungie might revisit these plans now. Uh, the studio has uh, prematurely terminated its partnership with Activision, but its agreement with Sony is seemingly still in place. Uh, just this week, oh yeah, this is the story. Just this week, Destiny 2 players on PS4, or I'm uh, sorry, on PC and Xbox One could get their paws on a PlayStation 4 exclusive Wave Splitter, uh, but the studio had to revoke access uh, to it via a quote fix. Now PC and Xbox One owners have <laughs> will have it locked within their inventories until its exclusivity period expires oh, in no. September of 2019. So, oh, that's gonna annoy so yeah, many so, people. Oh my So basically, God. just yeah, the the <laughs> item is like sitting in their inventory and they can't. Can they delete um, it? Um, yeah, I think maybe they can, but I, I don't know that they want to because it's uh it's like a hard to find item, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of besides the point that the main point is that it's just going to sit there for, for months on end. Um, I wonder how much that even helps. Oh, I think it does. I think it helps like, a lot. I, I, I really does? do okay. because imagine, I mean, when I was in LA for E3 last year, there were these ginormous posters of, you know, better on PlayStation of destiny and call of duty, all these games, you know? And, um, obviously you can tell like, uh, the PS4 is selling the out uh, is outselling Xbox One almost. I think two to one, right? So yeah, I think it definitely does make a difference. It's just, but I mean, I wonder how much of that is that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just I, I would love to know that data. Well, I don't know. How, I don't know how you would just... like really evaluate that because all you would really be able to tell is how many players. Oh no, that's what I mean. I mean Destiny specific yeah, sales, like. I wonder how much. I wonder how many. What I'm saying is, I wonder how many players bought it in PlayStation instead of Xbox because of that. Because I own a PS4, but e even with those extra items, I still bought it in my preferred uh, third-party platform of Xbox. You know what I mean? I'm just wondering how many people are like, "Oh, I guess I'll get it over here," because most people, I feel like, play games on the system yeah. their friends are on or what they're used to. Regardless and, and, of that. I, stuff, and again, you know? I think that's I still know. hard to track though, because since there are so many more PS4s out there than Xbox ones, I. I don't, I, I don't yeah. know if that's just a matter of there are more systems, so then there are more copies of Destiny sold on PS4 than Xbox One, versus versus yeah, like you know, oh, I have both, but I'm gonna get it on this system because it's marketed better. I just don't know how you would like. Because I remember launch day sales were pretty neck and neck, and I think at, this is at launch. Obviously, this is like two years ago, but I remember at, at launch it was selling more on Xbox or kind of neck and neck, and that was in spite of all. I don't know. I'm just. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. I'm just. I would love to. It's yeah. that's interesting. I guess what you could kind of do stuff. is is like do like a ratio of copies sold to how many systems sold, and 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 do a ratio there. That way you can like compare the yeah. two. That would be an interesting experiment. I've never really considered that, but I think it's a it's a question that's worth asking. I think shooters, especially bungee games, just kind of do better in Xbox anyway. Like I I don't know. I just think I would just be curious to know how much that mm -hmm. helped. Yeah, but but yeah, but but anyway, um, I think this is uh, another story that just sort of like, um, I don't know, it paints a picture of how developer and publisher are two very different 
I, like they're very different mindsets yeah. where you know a developer wants to do their thing man and they just they just have this idea and they want to bring it to life that's what they want to do and it, a lot of times developers are very pro consumer and then you got the publisher coming in and it, coming in and it's weird because a lot of times they fund these games and so with no publisher there would be no whatever game we're talking about yeah they ha- they have a right to be like well actually you need to do it yeah. like this because because they're paying for yeah, the whole thing yeah. anyway yeah. and so i don't I don't really know, like, with this specific case here of not being able to transfer your, your stuff over, I, I, I don't know, like, what their rationale behind that was exactly. I mean, I know they say, like, yeah, other, you know, other pla- they don't want other platforms to, to be able to bring their stuff over. I guess. I mean, I wonder if it's, like, a like a bigger picture than that. Um, I don't know. I, I know I mentioned this before the show. Keep... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, they, they want to keep the business on their platform. They don't want it on everyone else's. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know. I mentioned this before this show. I just thought I wanted. To, I just want to mention it to our audience. I I, I don't like this because like I would buy Destiny on PC and PS4 as well, even if I could just have shared progress. Like, okay, fine, crossplay. That's a whole different thing. Fine, I get it. But like, even if I could just have my same like uh, items and and stats, because then I wouldn't mind. Oh yeah, I'll jump on this system. I'll jump on that. I would. I would have bought more right. stuff. And, you know, and- I would have bought more copies of the game because then I could play with my stuff my character my stats no right and I'm if you look at something you know? like um what's what's blizzard's service called battle battle net, battle um, net? Or, yeah or, yeah or, if you look at something yeah, yeah. like that i mean the tech is there like you know you can you, i think there's a way to like you know carry over saves from a bunch of their games that are available on pc and console you know multiple consoles so like yeah it, 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 the idea of doing that is not too outlandish so yeah i do think it's a matter of yeah you know they want their players to stay on ps4 but really i think chris is right yeah they want that they want those lines in the sand very very I, yeah visible. it's just that, okay but but when you look at the data of okay ps4 is outselling xbox one two to uh, two to one will that will that really like make an impact on you guys like seriously like I can understand if you guys were neck and neck right now, like then yeah, you would want to be as as ruthless like, as possible. But like, say you, <laughs> you implemented know? the the you know crossplay whatever save transfer thing, are you really gonna see that big of a loss? I mean, don't you think it would be best to 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 be on the the good side of fans to start next generation outright? It could be. Uh, I just wanted I, to add 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 a, a, a source to your your statement. You were you were correct too. Uh, based on. Uh, sales data. This is from Polygon. Um, based on the sales data from like how EA games have sold, which I mean they sell a whole bunch of different games across many different genres. So that's a fair way to extrapolate the uh, the guesstimate there. Uh, the PlayStation is leading the Xbox One two to one. So that's from May yeah. of 2018. So that's that's that. I just want to give you that. You know. Yeah. Data exactly. So saying. I just I, I just find it really really hard to swallow that that I don't know that that's why. I mean I guess. I think everyone's going to be watching. Like, anyone who has any interest at all, whether a little bit or a lot, any interest in, in uh, well, gosh, a couple things. Bungie, uh, developers with uh, Activision slash leaving Activision slash about to join Activision, and uh, just the, the, the relationship between publishers and developers in general. Everyone, anyone who has any interest in any of that at all um, is, is going to be watching to see how destiny 3 handles things because it's going to be really telling on like oh you know what bungie did this again and they didn't have to do this again yeah you know what i mean it's going to really show what was activision's call what wasn't and i say that because i'm a huge bungie fan like i've been with bungie since uh since since halo once that's not the beginning but a long time um call of duty's microtransactions were a little better 
uh, compared to Destiny's, and I'm talking World War II, and a little bit Black Ops 4, it's kind of 50-50, it's kind of a toss-up. But I'm just saying, I, I do think that some of those uh, rough kind of things might have been Bungie and not Activision, as far as uh, MXTs yeah. go. Yeah, it's unclear, but yeah, it's a good point. We'll find out when Destiny 3 comes out, you know, what they've learned and what's changed. So, yeah, so um, let's go ahead and take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about what we've been playing, and then I'll touch on a, a couple of notable things I saw at uh, the Focus Home Interactive uh, What's Next event in Paris. So we'll be back. All right, everybody, and we are back. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing, and then I can cover just a, a smidgen about what uh, I saw at the uh, What's Next event from Focus Home Interactive. Um, there, was a, there was a whole lot there, and I just, you know, I, I can't really, like, go into the whole thing at the end of the show right now, but I've got a whole bunch of... Co- I mean, yeah, like a I have a whole topic, bunch of content yeah. coming at, uh, through PlayStation Lifestyle, so you can check that out. But yeah, I'll get into that here shortly. Um, uh, let's do okay. So, Josh, what have you been playing? I, I know I've seen you tweeting like a madman about Rainbow Six Siege. So, uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on that. How are you liking it? Oh, I've been having a lot of fun. I bought that. Um, I think about this time last year, um, there was like a free weekend on Xbox, like, you know, hey, this weekend you can play Siege for, you know, like everybody can play Siege basically, like mm-hmm. even if you don't own it. And uh, so I downloaded it. I played it for like the whole weekend with uh, my brother and like our mutual friend that had owned the game. It was like, oh shit, you guys are playing Siege? And we were like, yeah, it's a free weekend. He's like, you guys are dumb. Just buy this game. It's awesome. And so uh, we, we played like all weekend and then like it was on sale as well. And so I got the base version of the game um, for like 20 bucks. And at the time, the base version was like like sixty yeah. or forty. I don't remember yeah. if there was a price drop. But anyway, um, so um, and and I, I played it pretty consistently for like a month or two, and then I kind of got distracted with some single player games and whatnot. Um, but lately, I've been kind of busy, and so I was like, I really want a good you know multiplayer game. But I'm not at this point in time. I still love Black Ops Four and PUBG, but an Apex. But I don't want to play those like like I was craving something different the other day, you know. And so I I jumped onto Siege, and then I was like, oh shit, Spring Sale's got like the hundred and $20 version for like $50 for the Xbox Spring Sale or whatever, something like that. So I just I just grabbed that and if for, if for anyone who's uh, not completely in the loop on uh, on Rainbow Six Siege essentially, uh, they do a, an annual pass every year and it's a it's a really good bang for your buck because you get you get extra stuff, you get like a Renown boost, which Renown you earn after matches um, and you uh, can use that to buy cosmetic stuff. So there's no intrusive microtransactions. They pretty much follow kind of the Overwatch model where they have free uh, modes and updates and maps, etc. Uh, the transactions are two things: cosmetic stuff and operators. Operators are different abilities, um, and you can unlock the operators by just playing the game. But like, it's, uh, it's it'll take a little bit of kind of like Apex. It'll take a little bit of time. But if you're playing all the time anyway, then that would yeah. kind of even out. But if you're like really behind, right? Then, like, and some of know, those operators are kind of hard to use. I think like. Uh, like, there are definitely, like, the ones that, I mean, are really user-friendly, like, you can heal people, or, you know, the ones that, like, give you, I don't know, like, the, the barbed wire you can lay down, I don't know, there's a bunch of different ones. Yeah, and some of them are, like, uh, this person can shoot nanobot, release nanobots that will give everybody a temporary healing boost, and they can also disrupt enemy signals, oh, okay, I don't know, you know, but, uh, yeah, so the annual pass, if you're playing every year, you can unlock them, slash, you could... You could just spend the money, but like an annual pass is like thirty bucks. It comes with that year's operators, along with like a couple extra perks. 
So I just had the year one operators. And so instead of just spending like a whole bunch of time catching up or a whole bunch of to, to earn those operators, I'm not right. paying to win or anything. And no, no one is for this, this game. Um, I just, I just threw 50, like 50 bucks at the, uh, the expense, you know, so now I've got the year two, three, yeah. and four operators. And, um, and what about the and game it's, itself? Yeah. Are you getting your ass kicked online? Cause I know I was. Yeah. Uh, 50, 50. Um, I do well sometimes, sometimes I don't do well, yeah. but, um, if anyone's kind of on the fence, check it out because there's, there, there's a lot of different gameplay styles. Like even if you, if you, um, die, you can still like access the different cameras of uh, equipment. You can like, you know, turn your, unmute your mic and be like, Hey, you know, you're at this corner, but around this corner in this hallway. And there's like, there's name, the names of the rooms that you're, you're in or the cameras in, it'll, it'll tell you. So you, you're not just having to describe the room. You can be like, Hey, uh, top staircase, uh, executive hallway, you know, there's a guy coming down, you know, so you can still be yeah, involved and engaged. I, even. I if, think uh, that's one of the main issues though, is just that it is a very like hardcore, like tactical game. And yeah, like for those who don't know, yeah. it's a, it's a game where it's round based and you have an objective. It's kind of like search and destroy from call of duty where, you know, you only get yeah. one life in that round. And if you die, you basically have to wait till the next round. And like Josh was saying, yeah, there are some things you can do while you're dead, but pretty much when you're dead, you're dead. And so that sort of, um, gameplay style is one that eh, maybe a lot of people can't really get into, but for those who are into it, they're like yeah. hardcore into it, and they're very good. There's a lot yeah. of depth. There's a lot of it rewards right. you for being invested in it. But like, yeah, you're not. It's not something you're gonna boot up for 20 minutes every other Saturday. Yeah, you're exactly. either in or you're not. So kind of thing. But it's it is cool how they've grown the game because when it released, it kind of released in a climate where like multiplayer only games and console mm-hmm. weren't as big. Um, and then ever since like 20 when it released in 2015 it's grown a lot like it's it's got a right. pretty big base cool so uh what else have you been playing josh anything else still playing uh borderlands, borderlands. uh yeah. the xbox one ps4 yeah the new the new little version of it i've been playing that with my wife we're probably about any anything different in, to report on that because i know you talked a little bit about it last week yeah yeah um it, i'm still having a lot of fun um i there's a couple of things i'm not enjoying as much but from what i uh without going into detail from what i've read the the sequel kind cool. of like improves on you know so you know looking forward to finishing this up having fun yeah looking forward to yeah two. like i said last week i wish it was on switch because i'd be playing it too um yeah i'm yeah. still surprised it's not interesting okay yeah. uh so chris um you have been playing a little indie game that <laughs> that some might have some might have heard of uh called uh let me see if i'm pronouncing this right the legend of zelda breath of the wild N- <laughs> never heard of it never heard of it yeah nah nah it's it's a, it's a great little indie yeah, game it's... um yeah i've been enjoying my time with this uh i've, I've been falling in love with it like i just started playing it so, so this is your days. first time. You've never played um, it. I've played it a bit before. Like, I had to go through the tutorial uh, area on my first time playing it, but I never got past it. So I'm actually experiencing it for the first time, I'd say. Um, and I, I just love exploring this world, climbing on mountains, finding hills, and, like, you, you typically wouldn't encounter. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. you know, like, like it's off, off, off the beaten path. Um, and finding like hidden things, so I've been I've been really enjoying that aspect of the game, and like every single every little corner of the game almost has like a little uh, surprise waiting for you, like a weapon or an enemy type or um, some sort of lore piece or uh, a character talking to you. Like for example, um, I met this bird character. I can't remember oh, his name. Oh, Rivali? Now. Is it 
Rivali. Um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, Rivali. And I, I heard his music play in the background. I was like, where yeah. is that coming from? And then I found him eventually. Um, when I saw so, you yeah. tweet that you were playing it, I was really excited oh, for man, you. It's yeah. really fun. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And the puzzles so, are so intuitive. I'm guessing they're going to get much harder. As oh, man. Yeah. Like some of those, um, some wow. of those, um, uh, like shrines, like, yeah, a lot of them are just defeat the enemy or whatever. Very easy to understand. But yeah. some of them, you, you like really like rack your brain trying to figure them out. Um, yeah, those are really, and what's cool about those mm-hmm. is you get rewarded with heart pieces. So you're very much incentivized to, to complete those. Yeah. Um, did you get the DLC with it too? Okay. I didn't, I th- no. Um, my roommates already had a copy of the game, so I was okay. playing it. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm I haven't absolutely... played the DLC yet either. So if yeah. you, if uh, you can, I recommend playing the DLC because it's really cool. Um, there's like a whole yeah. new dungeon, I guess you can call it, or whatever, those big animal things. And Sweet. there's like a whole bunch of extra stuff. Like you get Majora's Mask and you get all these costumes. Yeah, they have a yeah, lot and then, of And then you get the, yeah. the Hy- Hylian bike. Uh, it's like a like a yes. motorcycle. It's real. It's hard to get. Like it's kind of weird because pretty much that's like the last thing you get in the game. But since it's the last thing you get in the game, then that means you don't really have to do anything else. So it's not really as like useful at the end. But it's still like a really cool thing to get. I still like that Anuma was like, "Fuck it, yeah, we're putting in not? a motorcycle." <laughs> <laughs> why not? Um, it, Chris, the season pass for yeah. it is like 20 bucks too. So whenever you get yeah, around to right. that, it's a really um, good deal. Do you think you're going to go out and find all 900 Korok seeds? No, oh no, I'm not going to go that okay. far in. Um, Didn't we find out their poop? Yeah, yeah, you get like a golden piece of poop at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. It's like the most anticlimactic. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah, only, uh, only collect those if you're like, I enjoy collecting these. Don't be looking for some big reward afterwards. Cause it's yeah, I'm not. No, I'm just, I'm just in there for the journey. And uh, so far, it's quite thrilling. I, I, That's I the best really way to play it. Cool. Uh, you playing anything yeah. else? Uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I just want to yeah. relay what's going on with the online. So I ba- recently reset the router. So... And once I did that, I was able to get quite a few online matches in with my friend, uh, Buckles. Um, he was... Uh, it, uh, the, the, the combat... Well, no. The battle itself was actually quite fluid. It worked pretty well online. Where does this... Um, and it runs Where does this smooth. person live, though? Does he live in the UK? I think... No, he's from oh, the okay. east, I think. East, eastern States. Oh, like he's in, the, he's in the US. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, and, and how far is that from where you live? Uh, other side of the continent. Jesus Christ. Okay, so yeah. so like a fair distance away, right? Yeah, oh, they, it was it was pretty good. Do you have NAT open? That'll help a lot if you're uh, if you're if your NAT's oh, open. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, because I know last week we were talking about how like the online can be kind of weird with it. So. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think what we discovered is that if you're on the same continent, you'll have a better time than if you're trying to play with somebody across the world. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. Chris, at some point, uh, play like after Zelda and all that, but at some point, play Odyssey too. Mario. Oh yeah, yeah. Play Mario Odyssey. I have so much to play right now. It's insane. Yeah. I'm happy for you, man. Keep, 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 keep tweeting mm-hmm. too, and keep and, and make sure to keep bringing the Switch talk to uh, what we've been playing mm-hmm. time. Yeah, and I love uh, Resident about it. Evil Two is on the horizon for me. So yes, that's my mm-hmm. favorite game of the year. Oh man, <laughs> so excited for you. Okay. 
Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm still playing Sekiro. Um, I actually am to the point now where I've done everything in the game except for uh, one thing. I'm missing one trophy, and it's just to get all the skills, and it's so unbalanced because I am almost through my second playthrough of the game, and I still am like, not, I, I wasn't even close to having all of the skills. So it just doesn't seem like it was like paced very, like, efficiently or whatever like presumably by by the end of two playthroughs and 100%ing basically everything else you should have close to all of the trophies or close you know be close to finishing all the trophies and this is this requires like god like 10 more hours of grinding or five oh, five or five gosh. or 10 more hours yeah i don't it just kind of depends on how you've been playing so that's <sighs> so that's kind of annoying and in a weird way it's sort of like diminished my my thoughts on the game which i know is not really entirely should, that, fair that's not a good trophy list then if that if that's the case yeah i know it's really not like the rest of the trophies are fine i guess like you have to yeah. you have to do multiple playthroughs and stuff but uh if you like make a backup save it's fine um so that's been kind of annoying but i, I don't want to like just harp on the trophies uh, the main thing I wanted to talk about is what I played at the uh, What's Next event by uh, Focus Home Interactive. So none of this is embargoed. I can talk freely about it, which is great. Um, so yeah, I went to their event. They have an annual event in Paris called What's Next. And for those who don't know, Focus Home Interactive is the publisher of a lot of really popular games like Farming Simulator, uh, The Surge, uh, Vampire, like all these games that are sort of like maybe double-A games that you wouldn't necessarily think of. You know, they're, they're publishing the new World War Z game that's coming out. There's this... I'm actually yeah, excited yeah. about that. Looks I got cool. to play it. Um, and, yeah, so, like, I just wanted to touch on uh, all the stuff I saw and all the stuff I played. So, the first thing I actually got to play there was the Surge 2. I'd never actually played the first Surge game, so I kind of was just going into it blind. And that game is really fucking hard. And I know that's that's not like an astute statement, <laughs> like that that's not like an intelligent whatever like take on it. But I I mean I am familiar with these action games and I know my way around them. And I was just getting my ass my ass handed to me. And um, everybody else there who was playing also was in the same state. So there was <laughs> so there there were there were two reps there I think, and they were all there just like helping people. You know, like hey, they're on you deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fun. They're patting you in the yeah, back. Yeah, like, and they were okay, like, buddy. hey, you need to block more. Hey, you, if you parry right at this time, you'll do better. And they were literally just going down the line, like, giving Sacre people bleh. tips. You're so yeah. horrible. Did anybody yeah, tell them to get good? Exactly. And so I was talking with, uh, keep in mind, this is an early build of the game. It's obviously not finished, and, you know, I, I can't really, like, um, give any final thoughts on it, of course. But one thing I noticed is that there wasn't really a way to, like, cancel out of attacks. So... Part of the game is, uh, number one, dodging and blocking. Well, if you're already, like, in the middle of an attack, uh, if you realize that you need to either dodge or block, like, as soon as that happens, you're pretty much committed to the animation you're in. And so I I just mentioned to one of the guys there, like, hey, I don't know if you guys are doing feedback or not, but there, you, sh you should make it so that there's a way to immediately cancel out of an attack so that a roll or a block takes precedence over an attack. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So he actually wrote it down. I don't know if they're going to implement wow. that, but whatever, yeah. So that was interesting. Um, but uh, even more interesting, I think, is what I found out uh, when talking to the developers of Farming Simulator. So Farming Simulator is a game that is sort of a joke to some people, but surprisingly there's a huge community. And um, it's a game that if you're not into that sort of ecosystem, you just think it's like a silly little thing. And so I was, I kind of 
mention that to them that hey i'm not really into this game but you know what do you think is appealing about it that kind of thing and we just you know got to talking and what i discovered from them is that they are a company who does it seems like they have their shit together in terms of like scheduling and like the process of development they told me that they never like need uh, you know more time when making games. They always are like on schedule. And even more telling is that they are not a team that uh, that does crunch. They, I asked them about crunch, and I expected to get this like really like sad story about everybody being depressed and all this stuff. And they were like, they were like, nope, we don't do crunch here. Um, it's not necessary for us, and we just you know we follow our schedule and keep you know keep on track with everything. That's awesome. And I was like kind of like blown away. I'm like, what the hell, like. Uh, I thought everybody did crunch, you know, and so that was interesting to hear. Um, and then I talked about uh, them with, uh, or I talked with them about trophies, and I know I tweeted about this. There are these, uh, a lot of developers I've talked to just have no idea, like how uh, that there's a huge community of trophy hunters, you know. <laughs> And, and they just, like, don't get it. Like, they don't get that trophies are important, and they don't get that a good trophy list matters, and they don't get that every game should have a platinum and all this stuff. So I told them, I said, hey, you guys need to go look at, like, uh, PSN profiles or True Trophies or all these websites and just take a look at the communities who are maybe talking shit about your game or maybe not. Maybe <laughs> maybe they're praising your game for a good trophy list, uh, but just to take them into consideration. And what I learned is that a lot of these developers um, – they like they don't care about the trophy because their main concern is the game itself, which is totally yeah. understandable. And so you know you have to think like all these companies are probably in a in a really tight time schedule, and the last thing they want to worry about is like whether or not the trophies are cool. They just want to make sure the game is ready to ship. So that was kind of an interesting piece of information. Um, the last thing I'll talk about is I got to play World War Z, and that game is really freaking cool. Um, I don't. Good to hear. So, I don't know how it's gonna do, but I think there's a lot there, and it's very like Left for Dead, but only like less serious. I think you know. Yay. Uh, or sorry, more right. serious, more serious than Left for Dead. Le- Left for Dead is very. Okay, I was yeah, like, yeah, Left yeah, 4 yeah. Dead was very goofy. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> how no, goofy more, is this sorry, game? more serious. Okay. It's very like dark and okay. like you know, sort of realistic, as realistic as you can get. Um, uh, what I learned too is that uh, the enemies are procedurally generated, so like the placement of them, so like no oh, okay. two runs are the same. Uh, but it's very much set up like Left 4 Dead, where you have like a campaign and you go through each act or whatever, and then the end you have this like big sort of climactic battle, whether it's you know uh, waiting for your rescue vehicle or you know just like setting up a bomb. I don't know something. That so that was cool. Real- so that was cool. Yeah, and then there's there's competitive yeah. and uh, like there's PVE and then there's PVPVE and then there's PVP, um, like all these different modes and stuff. It it seems like they it's like very ambitious. Um, so I don't, I don't know anything about the the book or the movie other other than the people that like the book or are mad at the well, movie. Yeah. But the uh the the game looks really cool. Like I, I I'm just saying as someone who knows yeah. nothing about that life. Yeah, and it's out Tuesday, really cool. which is crazy. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, it's out Tuesday. Um, oh, man, they need to market problem. that game more. <laughs> that yeah. and that is I I think that's a great point. I think that is a problem because like it's getting kind of like busy. You know, yeah. and like I just don't know when a great time for a game like that to release is because the summer. If, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the summer's gonna look like though, right? Um, uh, like if Left 4 Dead came out, that would sell no matter what because it's Left 4 Dead. But this game yeah. is like you know, it's like a B tier Left 4 Dead, and maybe it's not at maybe it plays better than that. I don't know. I I played it and it and it felt great. 
Um, it's just that it's kind of being marketed as like this, like you know, double A version of that. So honestly, honestly though, like they should have just made their own IP rather than base it on a movie franchise. Because one, they have to give part of their proceeds to the makers of the movie, and second, yeah, the, minute came like, in the there, movie is so so long came out so long ago. Mm-hmm. Just like the uh, Walking Dead uh, game from oh, what's uh, what's the bloody studio called? Oh, uh, it's like a oh, sh- oh, overkill, 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 overkill. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that didn't do well, and that's actually been cancelled for console. <laughs> yeah. So, right. I hope this one does better than that. I hope this gets received well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, that that was my game of the show actually at uh, at that event. I thought that was oh like, my be- god. Yeah, yeah, that's I thought, cool. I, I thought that was the best game that was there, and you know, the surge was cool. But man, I just I just don't know who's gonna. I, I don't. <laughs> Even, like, me, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm about to platinum Sekiro, and I can't even, like, get through two enemies in this game. I just, I don't know. It, maybe it's a game that just doesn't demo very well. Well, and, and I didn't I didn't play it, so I can't, I, I'm just throwing this out there, I can't say for certain if this is what it was, but there is a difference between, like, difficulty, but the systems all function well together, and this game's difficult, and things don't work well together, and that could be the issue, you yeah. know? Because you clearly know how to play those uh, games, because you're really good at Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne and Sekiro. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe my, uh, my experience with those games was, like, hindering me because I'm so used to how they play. I don't know. I just know that I was struggling with it. It was, like, the, the ambiance in the room was very, like, frustrating. Like, everybody was just, like, grumpy, you know? So, really? it, yeah, like, because everybody was just like, oh, fuck, I, can't, I literally cannot even get past two enemies. And then, like, one person would, would get through, and they'd be like, fuck yeah, and everybody would, like, look at him, like, oh, shit, he actually got, like, got past the point, and then he would die immediately. So, like, <laughs> it was just it was just weird. I don't want to shit all over this game, because they were very nice, and, like, the game looks cool, and, like, it seems like it runs okay. It's just a matter of, like, getting that fine-tuned and getting it balanced. So, so that- it seems really early. Well, no, you're yeah. being fair. I mean, you're just saying maybe. Yeah, I mean, you're being very constructive. You're just saying maybe, this is an early build, and and you know, yeah. Right. I mean, there, time will tell. But from what you played, it, mm-hmm. it, it the systems don't necessarily seem to uh, yeah. work as well. It sounds like you know. Mm. A game, a game I want to ask you about next week because we're running out of time is uh, a Plague Tale Innocence. I oh my god, that looks very promising. Here, I'll end it with this. Uh, like you said, we're going to have to wrap it up. I'll talk more next week, and I'll have a, a bunch of features because I actually interviewed the creative director of that game. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, cool. Um, is that it feels like a lot of its DNA is uh, is being taken from The Last of Us. Yes, so, yes, yes. I'm so here if that. that yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Totally here. Yeah, yeah, so if... And I, and I got to play the first chapter of it, and it's very, like, narrative-driven and cinematic. But... Cool. Um, there are also some criticism I have, so I don't want you to be like, oh my okay. god, a, a new Last of Us game. You know, it's not really like that. But it does have, you can tell, like, it draws a lot of inspiration from that. So, cool. um, we'll end it there um, for today, just because there's so much I could talk about, and we would, I mean, I could talk for another hour, seriously, about what I did there. So we'll, we'll do that next week. Um, keep an eye out for several features and interviews I have being published on PlayStation Lifestyle from the event itself. I interviewed uh, three different uh, developers. I, I did the the uh, Farming Simulator devs, the Plague Tale creative director, and then one of the developers from um, Insurgency Sandstorm. Dang, um, okay. So, so yeah, just and then like several articles uh, from that as well. Um, also, a really cool game called Greedfall um, that I talked about too. So, just be on the lookout. Um, so, yeah, that's been episode 18. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Josh, where can people find you on the internet? 
Uh, Twitter at Mr. Josh Nichols and Twitch uh, jerkjerk 77 I'm finally starting to uh, stream more often again now that I'm kind of used to my gym routine and I'm used to having coffee instead of Rockstar. It's been very sad and difficult, <laughs> but I'm, I transitioned the last eight days. I went from having two sugar-free Rockstars every day to just black coffee. So, so black. I LaCroix. Oh, I still drink that. I just yeah. mean I don't have any more. Uh, when I pour out a Rockstar, it looks like it belongs in a car. I'm not drinking those anymore. So yeah, good. bad for you. Um, okay, Chris, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me at Panwell Writes on Twitter and also on PlayStation Lifestyle. I'll have a feature up on Monday, I think. So, yeah, the time uh, you're listening to us, it will be out now. Okay. Uh, focusing on the Star Wars game, so I wish Ooh. it would exist. Um, including like Star Wars 1313 and things like that. So, oh, uh, RIP. to that. Uh, RIP, yeah, rest in peace. Um, I'll, yeah, and also please read my feature story on why Sora is a fantastic gaming character. That'd be, that'd be great if you could read that. Yeah. I yeah, just I... want to say really quick to you guys check out Joseph and Chris's stuff. Like, it, I'm not just saying, like, their stuff's good. <laughs> like, they got good stuff. Check it out. <laughs> we have the good stuff, yeah. Um, cool, Chris. Um, and again, thank you, Chris, for getting the news together this week. I know normally yeah, it's like no a it's like a, a joint effort, but man, with me being out and I guess Josh had a rough week too, which just man, yeah. Thanks for thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. Um, no cool. So so with me, you can find me on Twitter at Joseph Yaden and uh, covering news on PlayStation Lifestyle. Like I said, keep your eyes peeled this week for a lot of coverage from uh, Focus Home Interactive's event um, uh, that Maybe. I just went that I just went to, yeah, wee oui, wee, oui, uh, baguettes and bonjour. So, so, yes. so, so, no, they, the, everybody was really kind there. I don't want to like make fun of all the oh, no, oh, no. yeah. It's, a, it's, uh, a, it's in good taste. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Joseph, now that you're back in the States, you can shave your armpits. I'm just oh, kidding. Oh my God. Just, oh <laughs> my God. All right. I don't even know if that's uh, accurate. Okay. All right. So, um, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.